0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everyone? What's going on, Oregon fans? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. In case you're new here, and Doing something a little bit different this time, just wanted to take a moment to reflect on a really cool moment because you got to appreciate the little moments in life. I was driving back uh, from Starbucks after doing some work today and uh, it was a crazy intersection and you know people had to yield to the right of way and figure out what was going on. And I looked at the guy next to me when it was my turn and we just kind of made eye contact and he gave me one of these, just a little, little shockabra. so I thought that was kind of funny um, but it was really nice to, you know, when traffic isn't stressful and driving is just a fun time, you learn to appreciate the little things like that, I think, uh, as you get older in my 25th year of life, as I, as I enter my 25th year of life here on uh, this planet Earth. But uh, with that out of the way, I um, wanted to welcome you guys into this episode of the Duck's Dish Podcast. If you guys are watching live on YouTube, youtube.com slash OregonFootballMaxTourus, um, consider hitting the like and subscribe button and sharing the Ducks Dish podcast. We're here on YouTube as well as your, uh, podcasting platform of choice. Uh, and then throw a, throw a comment in the live chat. Let me know how you're feeling about Washington state, about this week's Oregon matchup. Uh, in this episode, of the Ducks Dish podcast, we're going to be doing our opponent preview, something a little bit different that I haven't uh, really done before. Um, but I wanted to kind of take a closer look at the Washington state Cougars, and then we'll have a more in-depth preview episode, uh, looking to record that one tomorrow on Thursday. So with that being said, let's hop into the Cougs. I think that this is a really interesting matchup for the ducks, seeing that, uh, Oregon's two and one and Washington state is, is three and zero. Oh. ducks ranked number 15 in the country. Kind of surprising that, uh, Washington State and the Cougars are not ranked, Um, Jake Dickard's squad that is, seeing that they are undefeated. And they had a win on the road against a ranked Wisconsin team. Um, So I think that this is an awesome game to get the Pac-12 slate started for the Ducks. Uh, Maybe if you're looking at it from a fan perspective, it's not the game that you'd like to start The Pac-12 slate with seeing that you have to go on the road to the Palouse, Martin Stadium, known as a hostile environment, hasn't been super kind to the Ducks in the past. Uh, I was on scene the last time the Ducks played in Pullman in 2018. Um, Well, that wasn't the last time they played in Pullman, but uh, I think that was the last time that fans were allowed. I was there in 2018 when uh, college game day was in town for the first time ever, and uh, Oregon just got absolutely embarrassed in that game. Um, but it's a new season, new slate, Um, and I think that the non-conference slate ended on a pretty good note for Oregon. I didn't really expect them to beat Georgia, but you get two commanding wins over Eastern Washington and BYU, so I think you're in pretty good shape if you're an Oregon fan, right? Um, But let's dive into Washington State and see kind of what they bring to the table, where they're kind of at from a statistical perspective, and some of the big players that you have to know on this Washington State Cougars team that uh, Oregon's definitely going to have to key in on in this one. Um, So looking at the offense, uh, they have 1,061 total yards of offense, and they're operating at 353.7 yards per game. That's a mark good for 10th in the Pac-12, 242.3 passing yards per game, 9th in the Pac-12, 111.3 rushing yards per game, which is last in the Pac-12 conference, and 26.3 points per game. Uh, which is good for eighth in the pack 12. So when we're kind of peeling back the layers on this Washington state offense, things have to start with quarterback, right? Cameron Ward, the incarnate word transfer uh, is definitely the guy who's going to get this offense running Uh to 220 pounds. Um, really kind of, uh, I'd say more of a traditional pocket passer when I kind of give my, uh you know, two cents on ward as a, as a quarterback. But, um, you know, he really made a lot of buzz at Incarnate Word at the FCS level um, as just an absolute stud. Um, he was named to the FCS All-American Second Team Southland Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Walton Payton, Walter Payton Award finalist, which is given to the best player in FCS as we as we know. Um, but look at some of these stats. 13 games. completion, 4,648 yards, and 47 passing touchdowns against 10 interceptions, averaging over 350 yards per game. So Cameron Ward is absolutely going to be a major piece of the puzzle for Washington State on Saturday against Oregon, and uh, he's off to a pretty good start so far this year in 2022 with the Cougs. Uh, they, They call it the Cougar Raid now. Um, out there in Pullman, not the air raid previously under Mike Leach. You know, they had the run and shoot offense last year under Nick Rolovich before he got fired, but um, he's thrown for 200 yards a game um, at the very least four touchdowns in the Cougars most recent win over Colorado state for 299 yards really hasn't made too much of an impact with his feet. So he's not a huge threat to run the ball, Uh, as a quarterback but he's definitely got the capability to to be mobile in the pocket extend plays move the pocket and that's going to be really important for Oregon because they're not exactly a team that has excelled um, pressuring the quarterback I think that's been one of the biggest concerns that I've seen from a lot of fans uh, on comments and, and in my live streams so far this season and then when they do get the quarterback Uh, they have those sack opportunities, they got to convert. So Lightning was talking about that earlier this season, not really focused on how many sacks his team can get, but rather just want to get those wins and then capitalize when they have those opportunities. Um, So for for Cameron Ward, um, I think that he's going to present a really good challenge for Oregon. Like I already talked about with the mobility, Um, he's able to take the top off of the defense. He's not afraid to to take the deep ball um, to push the ball down the field. But uh, that being said, Washington State's uh, offensive line isn't the strongest group um, in, in the conference, and I think that that's uh, an area that Oregon's going to be able to take advantage, whether we're talking about the offense, uh, the rushing attack, excuse me, or the passing game. Um, Abraham Lucas was the, the top offensive lineman a year ago, and he's gone, so they've also lost a, a number of veterans along that offensive line, which I think really bodes well for Oregon to – Uh, step up and have a good game getting after the quarterback and and defending the run. Uh, We know that last week, Oregon's defense only surrendered 61 rushing yards to the BYU Cougars, and the offensive line was touted as a strength for Kalani Satake's team. So I think that this is setting up well, but it's not necessarily an easy matchup for Oregon by by any means. Um, Moving on outside of the quarterback position, you got to look at running back Nakia Watson. Uh, who came over from Wisconsin just a year ago? Um, interesting that um, you know the the Cougs go on the road to Madison to Camp Randall and um, and they beat the Coug or the the Badgers, excuse me. Um, after Nikia Watson um, transferred from uh, Wisconsin, this is his second year with the Cougs, so he wasn't there last year. But it's always cool to find those little storylines. Of um, you know, former former guys playing against their their uh, former teams. Uh, he's coming out of Texas, so you know he's a talented guy. Um, but he's had a pretty good you know year so far. In that win over Wisconsin, he he scored both of the Cougars' touchdowns, one through the air and uh, one on the ground as well. So uh, he has that dual threat ability. You know, being able to impact the game in, in multiple ways. Um, the running back position is one that I think comes with a lot of expectations for the Cougars, especially when you think about how they, uh, were used to last year, Max Borgie and all the years previous, uh, Max Borgie had really been the the guy that made that offense hum and really make it effective. Then you also had Dion McIntosh, who I believe was the former Notre Dame transfer, um, and now those guys are both gone. So Nikia Watson's the, the face of the backfield without a doubt for, for Washington State, and he's going to be someone that Oregon absolutely has to key in on uh, when they're making their defensive game plan. Tosh Lapoy, Dan Lanning, and company. Um, let's look at the wideouts now because the wideouts are definitely going to be uh, some some interesting matchups for, for Oregon. Uh, you have a number of guys that are going to potentially – uh, you know, give Oregon some problems. You have Renard Bell. The, he's at 5'9", 173 pounds. He was named Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week uh, this season. Um, I believe most recently, actually, for that win over uh, Colorado State last week. Um, but he's been a guy that Kook uh, fans really, really like. The staff's very high on. He's kind of one of their most proven commodities at the wide receiver spot. Then you have a couple other guys that maybe look like your more traditional wide receiver, longer, lengthier options. Uh, and Donovan Alley at 6'3", 212 pounds, uh, as well as Dijon Stribling, 6'3", 204 pounds. Uh, both those guys have had uh, proven success so far early on this season. They look like they're in a groove with Cameron Ward uh, passing through the air. Um, Donovan Alley had two touchdowns against Colorado state last week. So you know that he's looking to keep that momentum and carry it over into this matchup. But Deshaun Stribling is actually a pretty young wide receiver for the Cougs. I believe this is year two for him. And uh, he's been one of my favorite players to watch on that team uh, ever since he got to the college level. I know he had some good plays against Oregon last year. Um, Oregon secondary is absolutely going to have to prepare for, for these wide receivers, because I think we're talking about the Cougars offense. So naturally that pairs with Oregon's defense, Oregon secondary ha- has not been at the level that a lot of people expected or maybe hoped they would be. I think that they were a question mark for me for a while. Um, Bennett Williams has been solid. Christian Gonzalez, the Colorado transfer has been solid. Um, you know, had Jamal Hill as, as well as Steve Stevens rotating in, in the back end at safety as well. But I feel like aside from those guys, you're still kind of trying to see some of who your most reliable, consistent key contributors are. Um, I think that that TriQuest Bridges, um, he he hasn't looked super comfortable this year so far. Uh, He was getting picked on a little bit by Jaron Hall and the Cougars uh, of BYU last week, um, multiple times in the first half, and and it looked like actually they were giving – they were rotating some of those snaps in with uh, Jaleel Florence, the true freshman cornerback from San Diego. Uh, he looks like he's probably on pace to burn his red shirt at Oregon in Demetrius Martin's cornerback room. But Jaleel Florence has taken a lot of snaps at corner as well as, um, as, well as Dante Manning, who also has a lot to prove, I think. Not so much as Florence, but because Florence is a true freshman, so the expectations aren't going to be nearly as high. But Dante Manning, he's the program's... Uh, highest rated defensive back uh, pledge I believe uh, after coming to Oregon out of uh, the Kansas City area uh, Raytown Missouri in 2020 as a, a five-star defensive back so we know stars don't mean anything once you get out onto the field but I just bring that up to say that I think that the expectations are pretty high for for Dante Manning and uh it's kind of interesting to see that uh Oregon's still looking for that cornerback two, the one that's going to be most consistent to line up opposite of Christian Gonzalez. Seeing that Christian Gonzalez has, without a doubt, been the best defensive back on this team so far in 2022. And we've only seen three games, but um, I think he's established himself. Definitely bounced back after getting bullied a little bit in that Georgia game. But just about everybody on that Oregon defense was getting bullied in that one. Another guy that uh, you got a spotlight on this Cougars offense uh, is actually a little bit of a newer twist uh, under, uh, under Eric Morris, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Cougs. They're using the tight end more this year. Uh, And the tight end brings a lot of uh, interesting challenges seeing that they're used in both the run and pass game. Uh, These guys are usually capable of putting their hand down in the dirt and blocking. And then on the next play, running a route and, And, uh, you know, carving up the secondary for for big gains. So at the tight end position, the the big name to know is is Billy Riviere third. He's 6'4", 245 pounds, redshirt sophomore, uh, who transfers from North Dakota after this past year. Um, Didn't do a whole lot. Doesn't have a super proven track record of success uh, at the college level, but he enrolled uh, at Washington State in January and was with the team for spring practice. So he's definitely comfortable at this point. Uh, I know he was involved a little bit uh, so far this season. He has three catches uh, for 37 yards. His biggest game was against Wisconsin, uh, two catches for 40 yards in that game with a long of 38. That was a huge play up the sideline for Cam Ward. Uh, so the tight end is going to be a position that that Oregon's going to have to uh, not take for granted in this one offensively or defensively. But since we're talking about the Cougars offense, Uh, I think that you have to look at the Oregon linebackers and in how they've been in coverage so far. A lot of these tight end routes like to go over the middle, and that's where Oregon's been exploited at times. Uh, Talking about running the ball, if they want to use Riviera and the other tight ends as blockers, Oregon's also needed to get better at setting the edge and not getting beat on the perimeter. Dan Lanning talked about harping on block destruction and uh, setting the edge and then, and, you know, finishing tackles, the fundamentals, that's been super important for Oregon. And uh, and Washington State is a team that I think can definitely burn them offensively if they're not careful, uh, if they don't come ready to execute and hone in on those fundamentals. Dan Lanning speaking with reporters today in Eugene about how important it is to – we were working on third down and red area, red zone focus, um, and just continuing to harp on the fundamentals and how they can improve – from that standpoint to just become a better defense overall. Uh, Cause I think this is a defense that has a ton of talent and we're starting to see some guys emerge. We have talked about Christian Gonzalez. Uh, we've talked about Brandon Doris before DJ Johnson looks like he continues to make strides. Uh, not sure yet. If, if Noah, not Noah, sorry, Justin flow is going to be available in this one. We can sprinkle in a couple of injury updates here. Uh, Lanny was asked about him as well as Byron Cardwell today. And uh, he he said that both Cardwell and Justin Flo uh, have been practicing, but they're not. They don't. He doesn't want to get into uh, any detail. Really, didn't want to talk about injuries. Maybe the more significant injury news update that we can talk about before we get to a quick quick break is uh, Stephen Jones. Uh, Stephen Jones did not play in the the game against BYU, um, and in his place, we saw. Um, in his place. We saw Marcus Harper, the second, uh, come in and get some pretty good, uh, playing time. Um, but let's see what, uh, what he had to say, what Lenny had to say about, uh, Stephen Jones. I'm looking for the quote right now. Um, give me just a second here. All right. So he said this was, uh, on Monday, uh, Dan Leaning was asked about Stephen Jones and kind of where he's at. He said, quote, yeah, hopeful that we can get him back. I don't know that I have a direct timeline on him now. The reason I say that this looks like a little bit more of a significant injury for Oregon is because Stephen Jones was seen uh, on on crutches and using a scooter to get around at the game uh, at Odson Stadium on Saturday against BYU. So it seems like it could be a little bit of a longer term injury for Stephen Jones. But luckily for Oregon, they get Ryan Walk back. They have some pretty good depth there along the offensive line. Like I mentioned, Marcus Harper II getting his first college start last week, and he has been awesome so far. So definitely a luxury for Oregon to be able to have an injury like this with Steven Jones kind of being up in the air and still being very solid. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break here on the Duck Stitch podcast. And when we come back from break, we're going to be breaking down the Washington State Cougars on defense.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: All right, welcome back to the Duck's Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We are continuing on with our Oregon opponent preview giving you uh, an early look at the Washington State Cougars and some of the players that you need to know when Oregon takes the field at Martin Stadium in Pullman to face Washington State. Uh, The Cougs, of course, perfect 3-0, and uh, they always kind of present a a little bit of a trap game atmosphere for Oregon in in these games on a year-to-year basis, but especially when you go to Pullman, we know that's a whole different beast. And it's definitely one of the more underrated stadiums and venues, atmospheres, you name it, in the Pac-12. So getting uh, up to speed on the Washington State defense, here are some numbers to kind of let you know where they're at. In terms of yards per game, they're allowing 307.7 yards per game. That is fifth in the Pac-12, 217 passing yards per game, 11th in the Pac-12. And then here's where things get impressive and kind of take a little bit of a turn. 90.7 90.7 rushing yards per game second in the pack 12 and then scoring defense they're only averaging allowing 12.7 points per game that mark first in the pack 12 uh, so Oregon definitely has a, a pretty nice defense that they're going to be uh, preparing for when they clash with the Cougs on Saturday uh, and now we're going to talk about some of the biggest players that you need to know and right now it, uh, it really starts, it looks like, with linebacker Dayon Henley. He is the redshirt senior Nevada transfer, and uh, he's just been lighting things on fire in 2022 so far. Um, he's playing like a man on the mission. He's the heart and soul of this Cougars defense, and he's been a phenomenal addition for this defense through the portal. Um, his most recent game against Colorado State, he racked up 13 tackles, And three of those tackles were sacks. So three sacks, three tackles for loss. He's had at least one and a half tackles for loss in each game so far this season. Um, And right now, here's another crazy stat that I found today uh, when I was kind of scrolling through the Twitter sphere. Dayon Henley is currently the highest graded linebacker in the country per pro football focus with a grade of 90.8. So this is a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. He's capable of defending the run. He throw in a couple of forced fumbles as well. And he's definitely presenting a very well-rounded game uh, for Oregon to have to game plan for 6'2, 232 pounds. He's got that ideal linebacker frame and size. So Deion Henley is absolutely the story of this Washington state defense so far. Um, Let's see, what other stats can we bring up here? Um, He also has one interception through three games, which is definitely notable. That one came in the first game of the year against the Idaho Vandals. Uh, He had three tackles for loss in that game as well. One of those was a sack. So he's the the heart and soul of that Cougars defense. Uh, Look for Oregon's offensive line to really need to get to the second level on these runs. Um, They did a great job of that against BYU and Eastern Washington, for that matter. Oregon's offense has really run the ball with tremendous efficiency, and a big part of that has to be the offensive line. One of, I believe it was either three or four teams in the entire country that has yet to allow a sack, so you got to give props to the offensive line. Um, I know that BYU, to to their credit, they're not a a school that strikes you as – independent when you look at them on paper and then certainly when you look at them line up across from you on the field a lot of guys you know six foot plus in that 300 pound range uh, and Oregon was able to push them around and get pretty much whatever they wanted operating with tremendous efficiency right now Um, and for Oregon's run game just to talk about that for a little bit longer because Washington State has a really good rushing defense Oregon's run game has been phenomenal so far Uh, I think that's just the way you have to put it. I know the game wasn't great against Georgia from a statistical standpoint, scoring output, but I think they averaged four and a half yards a game, four and a half yards per carry during that game against the Bulldogs. That could be an all-time defense again, certainly going to be one of the best defenses in the country. Bucky Irving has been running his tail off. Uh, He talked with the reporters earlier this week about how it's kind of his mission to not go down on first contact, not let the first guy he sees take him down. Um, and that he's been absolutely executing that at a super high level. Um, he looks like he's the, the lead back for Oregon right now, at least after these first couple of games, uh, no one's had a hundred yards yet, but I think he was the closest at 97 yards. No Whittington as well. Similar deal with him. He runs super, super hard and determined. And then we have to talk about the true freshman Jordan James out of Tennessee. He's kind of established his role, carved out his role as a third down, fourth down, short yardage back. Um, And he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think he's another guy. I talked about Jaleel Florence on the defense. I think Jordan James is a guy who looks like he's probably going to be burning that redshirt as a true freshman because he's seen so much playing time already and he's done a really good job with the snaps that he's earned. Dan Lane talking about how he has a frame, has that size that you don't see a lot of true freshmen have. Um, So that's clearly been something that has helped Oregon out tremendously early on in the season a couple other guys that you need to know on this washington state defense you got the edge rushers the guys set in the edge you have ron stone jr six foot three 245 pounds and kind of a similar deal as noah soy here in terms of just the preseason accolades and hype recognition distinction for ron stone who's from san jose by the way my hometown um so very happy to uh be seeing more San Jose guys playing some Pac-12 football, some college football. Ron Stone landed on the Bednarik Award watch list, the Nagurski watch list, the Rotary Lombardi, Lombardi Award watch list. He, so far through this season, has one and a half tackles for loss, one sack, and five quarterback hurries through three games. He's definitely one of their guys that knows how to get after the quarterback. I talked about Dayon Henley earlier um just before this and i think that ron stone's going to be one of those athletic twitchy fast guys that that Oregon's going to have to scheme for uh on the edge you're looking at the tackles um we're going to see maybe tj bass malicella amavaila ulu uh but Oregon's kind of still been uh you know tweaking that rotation a little bit i know we've had Forsyth at center obviously uh and then you see marcus harper the second at left guard and then ryan walk scooting over to play uh, right guard and you also have Dawson Jaramillo who got some snaps last game Josh Connerly has been seeing some snaps Jackson Powers Johnson is another guy that has been valuable in that offensive line rotation as well um so those are going to be some key guys that they have to look at and then you also look at the other side and you have edge rusher Brennan Jackson six foot four 263 pounds four and a half tackles for loss two sacks and one quarterback hurry through three games so Washington State uh Kind of surprisingly, it feels like the story has really been their defense. I, I know that they have some proven playmakers on offense. Um, haven't put up crazy, crazy numbers from a statistical standpoint or a scoring output standpoint. But I think that uh, a lot of the success from this for this team early on in 2022 has been their defense, which is kind of a new storyline. We're not really used to talking about Washington State in that vein as having a really strong defense. Um, we're used to talking about Mike Leach, the error raid. Uh, Just, you know, deep balls downfield, tempo, throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. But that's not the case anymore uh, in in Pullman. And they have a really good defense that you're going to have to watch for. Uh, A couple more names. You have uh, number six defensive back. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Name is spelled uh, C-H-A-U, Chow Smith-Wade. He's been solid in coverage for the Cougs so far. Roman the secondary. He's kind of functioning as their cornerback, too so far uh, this year. Uh, Then you have number five defensive back, Derek Langford um, Jr. So he's another capable guy for the Cougs. And then Jaden Hicks at safety. Uh, He is a Bishop Gorman, a former Bishop Gorman Gale. So uh, he's definitely been, uh, he comes from a very powerful school. Uh, Definitely is a a powerhouse that that puts out talent on a year to year basis, yearly basis. And uh, he's a redshirt freshman, has 14 tackles so far this year, had 10 against Colorado state last weekend, one sack and logged his first interception uh, at the college level against Colorado state last week. So this, uh, this Washington state defense is, is one to know without a doubt. Uh, I think that they're going to give Oregon some, uh, some good looks, Um, you know, landing talking about exotic pressures, uh, interesting formations, kind of a little bit of coach speak there, but uh, I like what I see from Washington State on paper, but I think that Oregon, Oregon's offense is definitely the strength of the team right now. Now, what you gotta look for is can Oregon's offense travel? Can their defense travel? I think that the offense, since it's looking stronger than the, the defense right now, you got to see, you know, it's usually easier for the defense to travel, especially since Oregon's offense is gonna have to be dealing with that raucous environment. Uh, but that remains to be seen what what's ultimately going to happen. So what skills travel? That's one of my biggest questions ahead of this game for Oregon. Mike Time at, says running back order should be Bucky slash Cardwell, Dollars, and then Whittington. Yeah, well, we're going to see if Byron Carwell is going to be able to go uh, this week. He, uh, he landing said that he was someone that they thought they could, you know, if they asked him to push it, he would have been able to go last week. Um, but you don't want to sacrifice anyone's long-term health for one game, especially this early early in the season and with how well the other backs are playing. Um, Dollars has looked great too. I think he's had awesome bursts since getting banged up last year, and he's showing why he was one of the top all-purpose backs coming out of high school, Um, you know, at Rancho Cucamonga and then transferring to modern day. Um, I think he's looked really good. and And then Noah Whittington runs really hard as well. And he's finding the end zone, um, you know himself, so it's really just a situation of the rich get richer for Oregon in the backfield, as we've come to see historically. Um, I think it's just interesting with the transfer portal and then the the recruiting game, how it's still this loaded of a backfield after losing two absolute, uh, you know, mainstays in your backfield and your offense with Travis Dye now at USC and then CJ Verdell um moving on and departing from the program uh since he ran out of actually i think he could have come back for one more year i don't want to say he ran out of eligibility i'm not quite sure but uh i think i saw that he was on the colts practice squad i'm not sure where he's at anymore but um i just got yeah it's just you know some props to carlos Lachlan for for him uh the guys that he was able to bring in so quickly to just keep this room uh really really stacked uh, as it is every year and i think that Bucky Irvin is showing you why he was one of the most coveted names in the transfer portal after having an awesome all around season in 2021 at, at Minnesota. He he did it through uh, you know the passing game, the running game, even uh, was a little bit of a specialist at times. Uh, so he he's really showing why he's a special talent for Oregon. And um, I think that he's kind of carved out that running back one role, but we got to see what happens if Carwell is able to go this week and, and what that rotation ultimately looks like. Uh, they've rotated as many as five backs back so far this season with uh, um, Haasen Ritter also getting uh, getting some good run. Uh, Kilo from Hilo scoring his first college touchdown after transferring from Hawaii. So they have no shortage of options there in the Oregon backfield. And uh, Oregon's, Oregon's offense is really hitting stride. Troy Franklin is wide receiver one. Terrence Ferguson with four touchdowns. I think he's the only tight type- end end of the country that has that mark so he and bonex are definitely on the same page uh, maliki montavau is blocking his tail off he had some really nice blocks in that byu game uh and then you also have patrick herbert waiting for him to get a little more involved but he's out there a lot more which is awesome cam mccormick scored that touchdown uh, against eastern washington which is was great to see um and then he's also you know contributing and, and with some catches here and there as well so uh that'll do it, you guys for this uh Oregon opponent preview, looking at the Washington state Cougars. Hopefully you have a better understanding of kind of who you got to keep an eye on, on both sides of the ball. When the ducks face off against the Cougars this weekend, it's a Saturday, uh, a 1 PM kickoff on Fox um, in Pullman. So those are some of the, some of the notables there that you need to know if you want to tune in. Uh, But just a reminder again, Take a second out of your day, smash that like button and subscribe to the channel and share the Ducks Dish podcast. It's a tremendous help with what we're trying to do to grow the channel, grow the show and grow our community. But uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting however you're tuned in. And we will see you tomorrow for our live show um, where we're going to be talking with Andrew Quinn again. He was talking with us uh, for the Eastern Washington preview And now he's going to be back tomorrow to talk about the Cougs. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.